0: podcast i'm your co-host liz and i'm your other co-host diana welcome to magic
1: mommy's podcast a space where we talk about our healing journeys as two queer, queer spiritual women of
0: color and a space curated for our growth messiness cheese, men puteando magic mommies is a podcast dedicated to reframing the ways we talk think and embody healing work and today we have a very 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 special interview but we also want to give a full disclaimer that this is actually our first Zoom interview that we are doing, um, you know, quarantine things, trying to keep things rolling and being as accessible as possible. But, you know, y'all might experience some glitches. And uh, if you do, then you do, because that's how technology works. And we're Mercury retrograde. So anything that happens really isn't our fault, because that's how astrology works, I think. Um,
1: oh, you're, diana. you're so right blame it on mercury and reggaeton do not blame
0: us i'm blaming on everything but us because accountability who no i'm kidding not I. <laughs> just kidding just kidding but you know, <laughs> just full transparency um but yeah diana do you want to um you know let the folks kind of know what this special episode is going to be and maybe a recap of um you know how this says now a part a series that we're continuing
1: yeah so if you tuned into the last couple of episodes uh we have been doing a series where we have been interviewing uh, myself and um my other sister, Anna, uh, as part of our um, series of interviews with the founders of the Betancur Macias Family Scholarship Foundation, AKA My Family's Foundation. And so today we have our middle sister uh, who we will be interviewing as the third co-founder of our Family's Foundation. So we have Estefania here with us today. Um, and I'm so excited to, to interview my, uh, my middle sister. Um, so I'm going <laughs> to actually go ahead. I'm like, wait, I was, I'm going to need to let you introduce yourself. Oh, go ahead and let you introduce yourself real quick. Hi everyone. My name is Estefania. Uh I am Anna and Diana's middle sister. Um, the prettier one, um, the smarter one, um, the more talented one, and the more responsible one.
0: I'll give you the more responsible one. <laughs> I'm going to give you all of them. <laughs> yes. That was in spirit of, this is middle child solidarity between us right now, by the way. It
1: is. It really is. I'm, uh, I, I, I do uh, suffer from middle child syndrome, um, but I have, uh, you know, a few tricks up my le- sleeves to um, shine and
0: be noticed. I like, I like. <laughs> um, that's very relatable and (laughs) and i laugh because of the relatability with that (laughs) but Mm um thank you for introducing yourself um to start off uh we um just wanted to ask you you know your role on the foundation Uh, you know we've kind of been checking in or asking everyone, you know, Diana and your other sister. Um, obviously, the work is spread out and y'all do different things. So we just wanted to start off with that. Like, what is your role with the foundation? Um, you know, and so if you could speak a bit on that, that'd be great. Oh, absolutely. Um, so
1: I, um, by profession, I'm a uh, emergency room nurse. Um, I've been a nurse for almost two years. It's been an amazing two past years. Um, So I recently graduated from um, community college uh, in their RN program. And so it has been a journey. It has definitely been a journey to get to this point where I'm at right now. Um, And there has been a million people um, cheering me on, helping me, uh, lifting me up when I need the help. Um, And so many years ago, my sisters and I, even before we started our journey through higher education, um, we've always um, you know dreamt about going to college, um, having a college degree, being able to help our community um, our family definitely um, and then our children to come um, When I graduated um high school in o nine um, there wasn't very many financial resources or opportunities for undocumented students like myself, and I know definitely when Anna graduated high school it was the same um circumstances. Not very many people, um, you know, went to uh, a four-year college or even community college because it was so expensive. Um, uh, When I graduated high school, I uh, went and I had a full-time job. um, And unfortunately, that was when the economy crashed. Uh, My dad lost his job. And so my mom and I became the sole providers of our family. um, So I didn't have you know, the opportunity to try to save money and then pay for my college courses. So I kind of left getting a college degree on the back burner, and I had to focus on working to help my family out. Um, During that time, um, Hector was born, which has been one of the most amazing um, event of all of our lives. And then Deanna started high school, I believe, during that time. I don't know when Deanna went to high school. So we had to, you know, all chip in to help. Um, And then in 2014, I believe is when it was, um, Governor Ensley passed the Real Hope Act here in Washington State. And so I saw that as my opportunity to go back to school. Um, I went, uh, I took a morning class and then I went I went to work and worked my eight-hour shift as a nursing assistant um, at an adult family home. Uh, after work, I went back to school and took two night classes, and that was my life uh, for two years as I took all the prerequisites for the nursing program. Um, after that, I, uh, I got accepted uh, on my first try to the nursing program here in um, the community college in Vancouver, Uh, And then I made my way through nursing school, working part-time because I had to keep my health insurance. And so as an undocumented um, student, I don't qualify for federal services. So I had to keep my part-time job to keep my health insurance. Um, All that led me to being a nurse. Uh, I am an ER nurse. Um, Recently I cross trained to work in the ICU. Uh, So I'm an ER ICU nurse. Um, And so, my journey has, you know, empowered me to want to help others, Uh, and I know my sisters, I I can't speak for them, but I know that, you know, they would say the same thing, that um, us getting to college has been um, work done by our whole community, and everybody has helped us with, you know, resources, financial um, resources as well, and, you know, just cheering us on, and so we want to be The same for someone else who is looking to go to college um, or have a technical career. Um, And so we got together. Uh, It was mostly Diana uh, and Anna. They have been the the forefront of our foundation. Um, And so I help a lot in whatever I can. I always have really good ideas, and they help execute them. But I, you know, I help uh, with the mask uh, when we were doing masks. I learned to sew. i never sewn before in my life. Uh, And with the help of one of my friend's mom and myself, we made more, I believe more than a thousand masks that we mailed all over the US. Um, I help financially in any way that I can. Um, And I just, I'm available for anybody who has questions that needs support. Um, I try to speak a lot to our community, being a nurse and, uh, being bilingual, being fluent in Spanish. Um, I try to help as much as I can with, you know, whether it be interviewing videos, anything that I can do to, you know, help my community out. I'm always willing to do that, um, through our foundation. So I, um, I'm here for whoever needs me. Yeah. I I feel like a lot of the, the work that you've done is really like, um, kind of like the back end, but that's essential to, you know, running a, a foundation. Um, and you mentioned you currently work as an ER nurse. I know you also recently um, started training and are working in the ICU unit at your uh, work. Can you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit more about your job as an ER, um, now being in the ICU, but also how it's changed, how it's been impacted, um, and just how it's been since covid uh, the COVID pandemic started? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, right when I got off orientation, um, I believe last year through the residency program at the hospital where I work, um, that's when COVID started uh, to kind of hit our community down here in uh, Southwest Washington. And it was scary because, you know, there was so little known. Um, all we heard was like the scary stories from the news and, just all this scary stuff on television and then the internet and stuff. And so um, I was actually one of the nurses who cared for the first uh, COVID patient that we had down here. And I remember um, how scared everyone in the department was because we just, we weren't sure what was going on. Uh, I remember back in that time uh, last year when we did a COVID test on a patient, it would take Uh, Up to seven days, I believe, because we had to send them all the way up to UW um, and then they would run the test for us. So it would take days. Um, I remember uh, we had to intubate that patient. And so we just we didn't know what kind of precautions to take. We didn't know how this virus. um, We didn't even know if he had this virus. um, So it was just the scariest thing to have to live through. Fortunately, uh, the charge nurse I was working that day just say, you know what, let's, let's just all put on our, um, like the N95 masks just because we just don't know what this patient has. Um, and so seven days later, I believe I got a phone call from my job and, was that, and they told me, employee health told me, um, hey, I just wanted to let you know the patient that you took care of, you know, tested positive for COVID. Um, are you feeling any symptoms? And I literally felt my heart drop. I was like, oh my God, I have been around my husband. I've been around my family. Um, I was scared. Um, immediately I quarantined in a room. Um, I only went downstairs when you know nobody was downstairs and vice versa, we would text each other and say, hey, are you downstairs? He would say no, then I would go down and eat. Um only because I was just so scared i I didn't know what to expect, and so I was quarantined for two weeks um I was off work um after my i thankfully never developed any symptoms or anything. I went back to work and a lot had changed in the two weeks that I was off um the hospital where I worked at uh put up uh triage tents at the in the front parking lot to start triaging patients outside and then um we they created an, uh, like a waiting lobby uh, for anybody who had or came in with COVID symptoms. Um, and it, it was just so different. Um, and being a new nurse, being in this environment of the unknown and don't know what to expect, especially working in the emergency room, um, it was definitely frightening. I, I was scared. Uh, I was scared to bring it to my family. I'm scared to you know, give it to the ones that I love the most. Um, it has been a scary journey. I try to take a, you know, as best precautions as I can when I am at work. Um, I use the proper PPE, wash my hands, um, anything that I can do to prevent me from, you know, bringing that home, um, I will always do. Uh, now, working in the ICU, uh, I've recently worked in the COVID ICU where they have the sickest patients in the hospital. Um, and so the same, you know, taking the, all the precautions that I can, um, wearing my mask properly, my face shield, my gloves, washing my hands. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's something that I have to do. I, I have to take the precautions so that I don't bring it home. Um, and, you know, just caring for, for my patients as best as I can. Um, and down here in Southwest Washington, um, the Latinx community has been hit. Hard by COVID, um, a lot of us are essential workers. You know, we we can't afford to stay home. Um, we have those essential jobs that you know they they have to go to. And so, um, thankfully, I'm I'm working there and I can you know care for them in their native language in Spanish. I will do whatever I can to help them. I will provide them with as many resources as I can. Um, and so I I hope that I'm. there to help uh, and I I hope that they feel that I've been helping as much as
0: I can thank you um, for that I feel like um, you know as we think of living in a pandemic and the physical um, you know it's a virus so like the physical like damages it does like onto our health and obviously like um, you are witness to to a lot of that and to seeing the ways um, this is like physically affected folks and also emotionally as well. Um, I'm curious as to how you have also been impacted um, w- dealing with all this, like mentally and emotionally, how you feel like your your emotional and, and um, mental health have been impacted being a nurse and um, especially a nurse during COVID. And I believe most of your experience um working in emergency has it like what how has it been the same timeline as like this pandemic um as like when you graduated and kind of like became more into your profession i guess i'm asking two different questions but um (laughs) no but I, i i
1: understand what you're saying um i yes because uh let's see i graduated nursing school in 2019 and i started working Um, that same year in the ER, went through the residency program. And um, so right when I graduated and I started working on my own is when COVID um, started becoming like a big news thing. Um, It was starting to hit Seattle and we were all scared that it was just going to start trickling down to Vancouver. Um, So yeah, the whole time I've been a nurse, uh, my whole Nursing career has been through the pandemic um, yeah i yeah it's been it's been rough um I was telling my sisters a while ago a long time ago um, the one of the things that I do to kind of cope with my just the i don't know all the emotions i guess uh that I get to live through through a day working um one of my something that I do to kind of de-stress, I guess, is I talk to my sisters. I know um, they're not healthcare workers, but, you know, they help me walk through my emotions. Um, I remember a long time ago um, when I had my first pediatric patient and when they were really sick, the first thing I did, I I went outside for a walk to get some fresh air and I just called my sisters. I remember um, telling them, you know, just crying on the phone and they were able to kind of walk me through my emotions, if that makes sense, I don't know, uh, kind of tell me like you did everything that you can. Um, so it was really healing at the time because sometimes uh, when you're working, you know, you are nurse first, um, and then you are you kind of have to separate your emotions from your job so that you're able to perform, uh, you know, as you were trained. Um, so it's been hard. Um, I've had to definitely uh, do a lot of self-care um, and then I, I went back to school um, during all this. So I try to do as much as I can for myself to care for my mental health. Uh, right now it's been definitely stressful um, school and work but you know I, I love hanging out with my sisters, uh, cooking with them, eating, just anything that I can do to be around them uh, when they're, when Dan is in town, um, I'm always up for, I love going out to eat, uh, even though right now we can't because it's closed, um, but anything that I can do with my sisters or um, I have one, two friends that I consider my really good friends. Um, so just being around other people, I, I, I found very healing, um, but, you know, it's, I think it's important that we have more uh, healthcare professionals that speak Spanish. Um, It makes a really big difference when you're able to care for someone in a crisis and you're able to communicate with them and connect with them. Um, It it just makes a big difference. I remember when I had my first really sick patient that it was my first code that came in. So all we get when you have a code that comes in is, you know, you just get basic information. So they tell you the age, what they're coming in for, um, and then like a blood pressure, heart rate, and all that. Um, And it was a very sick man. And when he showed up to my room, I had all my room set up, uh, my equipment that I needed. It was, uh, he was, it was a Mexican older gentleman, and he was in respiratory distress. He had tested positive for COVID a couple of days prior to coming to the ER. And when he came in, he was struggling to breathe. And I just, even to this day, I remember him telling me in Spanish, no puedo respirar, ayúdame, no puedo respirar. And it just broke my heart. So at that moment, I became like the only person able to, that was able to communicate with him. And so, you know, I was just trying to comfort him, trying to get him to, relax and breathe um slower and just try to calm the situation down and so we had to we ended up intubating him because he was very sick Um, and so after I we helped him um with his breathing and uh, I was able to call his family and so being able to talk to them and um telling them what we've done um it was very comforting to know that they were appreciative of all, all that we were doing for him. And so um, every time people just, when they interview me, I always tell this story because it just, it made for the family and for the patient, it made such a big difference that I was there and I was able to talk to him. Damn, I'm like, I, you've told this story to um, Anna and I before, and, and I just feel like, you know, it, it never gets easier to hear it because... Uh, like you mentioned you know in in Vancouver um, and really in so many places the Latinx community is being hit really hard by COVID and um, you know hearing about children or hearing about elders who are really sick and you know have to go to the ER I I feel like it just it really hurts because it it always makes us think about like our own family members right especially like our, our elders who are so vulnerable to COVID and um know there's so many folks who who have lost loved loved ones due to COVID and it's hard like I I honestly I commend you I I don't know how you do it I know Anna and I are just always so in awe of all of the things that you have to go through the things that you have to see um, the things that you need to process and in general you know like the the harder moments that um, being a nurse requires you to to go through um, I (laughs) <laughs> I'm just like, man, I, that, that, that's so tough. Um, especially, you know, you saying having you, you having to separate your emotions, right. From doing your work. So that way you can actually do your work. Right. Cause obviously right. It's, mm-hmm. you break down and you have to go in a, and attend, um, Someone I can't imagine, you know, me feeling sick and me feeling horrible. And then, you know, my nurse also like making me feel more scared. Right. So that's, that's tough. That's a lot of repression of, of emotions that, um, can definitely, um, just take a toll on you. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm glad you take care of yourself uh you kind of answered uh, our other question but can you tell us a little bit more about your new adventure being a plant mama I you have so many different plans we're gonna have to feature them on our page because you practically almost have a jungle at your house um but tell us more about just like what got you into um being a plant mama why you enjoy it how you know just how it supports you um as you kind of process I guess all of the different emotions that you know you have to process through your job. Um yeah, so I'm a dog mom too. Don't forget my Bailey. She is by far one of my biggest priorities in life. But recently I became a plant mom and uh, one of my co-workers and she's one of my closest friends um gifted me a plant and then the addiction began. <laughs> um, I have a lot of plants right now. I have some um quarantining so that they don't uh, you know, bring in parasites or whatnot to my other plants. I have two currently quarantining upstairs, and then I have, uh, I think, almost 20 something in my living room right now. I just recently bought growth lights and a humidifier, so hopefully they're gonna thrive. Um, I fertilized them this week, um, just doing all those little things, um, you know, watering them, cleaning them, and moving them from one spot to another. Um, I don't know, just keeping my my brain busy, and um, I don't know if you guys can hear Bailey in the background with her little bell jingling, um, just tending for them uh, keeps my mind busy. Um, I try to do my schoolwork early in the day so that I can have the afternoon for myself when I'm off, and so just being able to, you know, keep myself busy, and
0: um, I don't know, it really helps. I love that because I think, um, as someone who also has a couple plans they like to care for, I feel like some of the best like life lessons have actually come from just like the discipline and the show. Like you really have to show up for your plans and attend to them, and if not, like you, it's like a, you physically can see how right. you've mm-hmm. like been short. And I think that, like, emotionally sometimes, like, it's hard to measure because cause emotions are so, they're so nuanced. They're so, you know, they're not always being asked to be understood, but they're asked to be felt. And so I think same with plants is, like, you also just got to, like, feel and understand and, and like, communicate, right? You communicate with your right. parents, you, communicate with you. And I feel like it's it's such a direct way of, like, having to be accountable and yet also like slowing time down um, right because it's not just like your own time it's like you're investing and they're investing in you and so it's like a mutual growth hopefully and so I can definitely see um, why um, you know it's probably been very fruitful for you to have your plants. also 20 plants
1: <laughs> in your living wow. room
0: <laughs> I don't even think you had like how many i don't the last time i went i you did not have 20 plants no
1: i they've recently just been growing um the other day so anna just uh moved moved out into her own place we used to live really close to each other and so um i i also love frozen yogurt i there was a point in my life when i was eating frozen yogurt at least like three or four times a week
0: i love frozen yogurt so she moved away (laughs) Hold on, hold on hold on so what's like your frozen yogurt flavor go like your the plain yogurt. one i the always bacon. just
1: get the plain yep just the plain one no flavor just the regular frozen yogurt mm. um with, with caramel drizzle peanuts mochi and a little bit of the um the marshmallow on top that's it nothing else nothing more that's my go-to every time <laughs>
0: thank you for that
1: absolutely um so anna just recently moved away and so she was my i just, i call it frojo she was my frojo partner and so um she moved really far so i had to go eat frojo by myself and i was like wait a minute i'm just gonna go to home depot because it's right here i'm just gonna go look just gonna go look i'm not gonna buy anything and i came out with plants um so just recently my my plants have been growing but it's really uh rewarding when they have a new leaf that's coming out and you get to see it like bloom and open up and turn green. And I love it. I love the feeling of caring for them and, seeing their growth. Right. And so you talk a little bit about um, our foundation, your role as an ER, as an IECU nurse, um, and kind of that, you know, its impacts on you. Uh, the last question that we have for you to kind of round this interview out is just, what would you like to tell community about taking care of themselves, right, moving forward, um, despite vaccines, there's, they're taking quite a while, right? There's, there's a lot to it. Um, So in the meantime, while hopefully, you know, most of us get vaccinated and things start to hopefully get better, what is a message as a, as a nurse, you know, from a nurse, what would you like to tell community? Um, you know, I feel like working in the ER, I've heard a lot of the, you know, the theories people think about COVID. Um, it's all made up. It's, you know propaganda it's this it's that the t- uh the covid swabs have nano chips in them so i don't want you to swab me um this pandemic is not real like i've heard it all and i just remind myself every single time of my patients that i've had that have not made it um when they have covid uh i, I recently told my sisters about um a patient that we had uh, she was a uh, a Mexican grandma uh, and came in in respiratory arrest and we weren't able to um, help her make it. And it really took a dent on my, on my emotions. Uh, I, after all, I am human. Uh, so I cried with the family. Uh, I, I told them that we did everything that we could to help. Um, I was able to advocate for them because right now, a lot of the hospitals uh, have a no visitor policy but I was able to advocate for them and and ask if they can at least allow one family member just to, you know, go say bye to the the patient, um, hold their hand, cry if they have to, and, you know, spend time with them before they pass. And so uh, being able to do that was was really rewarding. Um, So what I would love to tell our community and anybody who's listening is to please wear your masks, wash your hands, Social distance, stay home if you can uh if you have to leave the house um take as many precautions as you can um you know i i would i i just it hurts me every time I see uh, a community member in the e r and they're sick um you know it it takes a dent on their family it takes a it hurts you know our whole community to see our loved ones in the hospital and not being able to be with them um do everything that you can to keep your family safe. I know a lot of us work essential jobs and we can't afford to stay home, Um, but wear your masks while you're at work. Um, And if you are able to get vaccinated, um, if you have questions about the vaccine, uh, I know a lot of our um, emergency room physicians have, you know, provided us with a lot of information, answered a lot of our questions, um, have given us literature that Kind of would help us walk through the whole process of this vaccine, what it is um, we i I have a ton of resources I can share with anybody who's wondering um, I was fortunate enough to be able to receive the vaccine in uh, the first round because uh, working in the front line in the ER we are eligible for it um, I, I I like many of you, I was scared um, but i would what I'm more scared about is bringing this to my family and seeing a loved one that you know i love with all my heart in a situation where i can't help them and so um i got vaccinated i made that decision for my family and myself and my patients to get vaccinated um i I wear my mask wash my hands i shower right when i get home from work um just anything that you can do to stop the spread of this um you know, just keep your loved ones in mind. Um maybe you're young and you're healthy and you think, Oh, I'm invincible, but you know, we also have elders at home. We live in multi-generational homes that, you know, we have our loved ones that are older and sometimes they have comorbidities that, you know, they maybe respond differently to this virus. So just think of everyone, think of your family, your loved ones, community. Um and I can express the importance of wearing a mask, washing your hands, and social distancing. And most importantly, staying home if you can. Thank you so much, Chappies. Also, I realized I called you Chappies a couple of times. That's the nickname that <laughs> um I call her since I was very little. Um, and again wanna thank you for, you know, being on the front lines for um taking the time to, you know, educate folks and in, in um you know, really spread some information and knowledge about COVID. Uh, I know you did a uh, an interview with um, NPR not too long ago. Uh, talking about you know being a DACA recipient and being on the front lines right while uh you know DACA was in the courts and the Supreme Court specifically deciding whether it was constitutional or not you know you well you couldn't even think about that you were already like at the front lines fighting um to help your patients so i i mean it's just so so damn fucking badass what you do and um how you you do it with love you know I've had so many conversations with you about just like the work that you do your racist coworkers, man I can't even imagine going through all of that just to also go into a break room and you know hear your coworkers be like racist assholes so um, I know the job that you do is not easy but you do it with so so much love um and, you know, every time you talk about your, your job, I just know like, you know, that's what you were meant to do because you do it, um, in a way that, uh, is so respectful of your patients, but, you know, also treating them with dignity, with respect and seeing them as human beings, which, um, I don't know if y'all have seen the trends online, but what was that thing that I sent you? That was like, can we talk about the, like, uh, I've seen them. Yeah. The I've seen them all. Pipeline. <laughs> yeah yeah I've seen them I've seen the memes I've seen the I've seen them all and uh hopefully I'm not one of those nurses <laughs> I don't think you are I think you're pretty dope
0: <laughs> I also want to um, extend the love part like because I know and it is I think it's, it is very true at the end of saying like you could definitely feel that like the love you have Um, for this and for what you're doing especially as like firsthand I just want to say thank you so much like I know that when my own family was sick like you were estaba pendiente like making sure like things were good and and at least like checking in whenever you'd FaceTime Diana and that meant like the whole world to me Um, so I want to give like you hella love and also because we know that you're busy as fuck (laughs) and this is one of your days off and the fact that like you're here um, and you're down to, like, interview. And I feel like sometimes, I mean, I'm sure that, like, on your days off, too, like, you're attending to your plantitas you're with your dog. And maybe the last thing you really want to be doing is, like, putting your mindset back into the place that, like, you constantly are asked to, like, put a lot of, you know, that like, it's asking a lot of you and, and very high demanding. And so uh, much, much love and appreciation. And, and you know, Deanna and I are so grateful. Oh,
1: absolutely. I think... Um... We have to make ourselves aware of what's going around us. Um, And the only way to do that sometimes is by hearing from others things that are happening in our community. Um, Sometimes people don't have the same perspective as, you know, um, maybe I would have being a nurse and seeing this firsthand. So um, anything that I can do to help. uh, I just I hate to see our community being so sick. So if I can help in any way that I can, I'm here. So if anybody has any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, I know that Washington State is gonna start um, offering vaccines for more people and opening up the categories of people that can start getting vaccinated. So if anybody has any questions, any literature that they would like um, me to email them to them, I would, I'm totally down to do that. Um, And yeah, I'm here. Well thank you so much chappies for again for being here um, on your day off and um, and for allowing us to interview you and you know thank you to everyone for tuning in and listening to our podcast um, this is heavy shit like this really is heavy shit you know um, and and for that I, I honestly like thank you so much not just for like what you do your job but um, for also making yourself available. I know you've you've really opened yourself up for, you know, so many different folks to ask questions. And I mean, it's not often that um, we have access to nurses and doctors and folks in healthcare, right? Especially folks who speak Spanish. So again, thank you for, for letting us interview you, for being here with us. And thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, we hope you, you enjoyed this episode with uh, my, my, uh, my pumpkin, my baby girl, my sugar mama, mainly my sugar mama, um, Chappies. My best friend.
0: Yes. exclusively. Yes, Deanna, get it right. <laughs> My former plant mom. <laughs> but yeah, also folks, uh make sure to follow us on IG and Twitter at Magic Mommies. Um that's our social media handle. And you know, please feel free to review and rate us on iTunes Podcast, subscribe to us on Spotify. Anything really helps and would be a lot of love. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to add, Diana? No, I think that's it. Okay. Well, with that, let's sign off. Um thank you, Stephania, once again. And thank you for, yeah. for allowing me to, to be part of this. Thank you. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> but we hope y'all enjoy. Uh please continue to listen, um, support us, follow us, all of that good stuff with that um i'm your co-host magic mommy lise and i'm magic mommy diana and thank you for tuning into magic Magic (laughs) the timing was off because we're on zoom y'all it
1: doesn't work the same on zoom
0: it doesn't work though it's not the same we don't got any facial well actually none of us have our camera on anyways none of this matters good night goodbye (laughs) whatever